different cup. Yep, iron brew today. Do you have like an obsession with cups? I like cups. Ha- I've had this cup for ages. This is my metal pint glass cup. Metal pint. Cup. What happened to your keep cup? I replaced the keep cup ages ago with this. Oh, what what kind of cup is, is my, that? It's a show. Yeah. Uh, travel cup. It keeps things hotter for longer than the keep cup ah. did. It keeps stuff hotter, hot for just hours and hours and hours. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So you you would you, you would say the show cups are better than keep cups. I would recommend show S H O, an unpaid promotion for them. Yeah. They're very good. They're really good. Nice colors. Nice range of colors. This is red, as you can see mm-hmm. on the on the on the on the Google Meet we're doing. Yeah. Um, and they do a no, uh, they do designs. They have food flasks that keep food warm for a long oh. time. They have a, a gym bottle nice. that's really good. They're a good company. You better tag them on this episode, so you know, promotion on our way. Um, what happened <laughs> yeah, to your be. your your pickle jar? Oh, it's in the um, it's there. I still use it, but I'm using the um the metal pint cup because. Uh, it's a bit warm today and I wanted, because metal conducts heat and the, the iron brew is very cold, oh. so the cup is ni- nice and cold nice. in the hand, which is pleasant. Never had iron brew. It's from Scotland. Yeah, never tasted it. It's great. Just the colour puts me off. <laughs> uh, but it's an occasional treat because it is uh, not good for you. So. <laughs> Life is not good for we... you. Exactly. <gasps> Episode 104. Yep, then? let's do it. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast. It's called Culture Bucket. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 104 of the Culture Bucket Podcast, the universe's greatest podcast, where two uh, wonderful best friends talk all things pop culture forever and ever and ever. <laughs> Amen. And, um, forever, ever, ever, ever. What song is that? Um, Forever? It's a Kanye song, isn't it? Maybe. Forever, ever, ever, ever. 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 Yes, yeah, it's the Kanye. I can't remember okay. what. It's definitely Kanye. Um, so today is one of our culture catch up episodes. We're going to be sharing what pop culture we've been uh, absorbing over the past few weeks. Uh, before we get into it, I'm going to remind you to please rate and review us. Uh, you can do it in app. You can do it on any wherever you're listening to podcasts. Go and rate it. Go and review it. Give us a like. Give us a follow. You can find links to all the places you can do that in the show notes for this episode, uh, to our link tree, along with places to buy us a coffee if you'd like to support us a little bit. Um, and we'd really appreciate it. So please do go and do that and tell your friends about us and get more people listening. Um, and Who are, who are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I am George, your regular host. And the other voice you can hear is your other regular host, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. You forgot about hi, us hi. today, George. Forgot about Dre. I, th- I think I, I put George. you off with Kanye. But I don't think it's yeah. Kanye. Forever, ever. It is. Are you sure? Yeah. 
uh, culture catch up time. We're going to talk about the culture that we've been doing, etc. I'm going to start this week. Um, let's start with some of the smaller things before we go into some of the bigger things to discuss. So I'll start with the Three Musketeers. Oh, they've done another film. They've done another Three Musketeers wow. film. But here's the here's the thing about this Three Musketeers film, Alex, that might make you go, mm, okay, then fair enough. It's a French film. Oh. And that's the poem of that that's where that story yeah. is set. so make that movie in france perfect in french nice. and uh, maybe you'll get a good film about it so yeah this is a french production but it's a huge you know it's not the it, it looks like it looks and feels like a hollywood production but it has been it's been produced in france uh, stars a variety of french actors including a few you might know including um um the french slash british actress i believe uh eva green oh Oh, maybe she's just French, actually. She just does a lot of work. Mm. I think she's just French. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. The fr- the wonderful French actress, Eva Green, who people will know from Casino Royale and l- along with a lot of other things. She's great. Um, She's in this playing Milady. Mm-hmm. And Milady de Winter, who's a... Do you know the story of the Three Musketeers? Yeah. I don't, really. Oh. Part of the confusion is that there's four of them. Yeah, there. Yeah, but they... but they, they are three musketeers, and then D'Artagnan joins them. But it's not. But it's not like that. He <laughs> so how many? Are, yeah, one, when he, you when you had one to three, how many? When it's second, but D'Artagnan wasn't a musketeer at the beginning. Then he got gets joined by the three musket. No, he joins the three musketeers. So the the book it starts with three, and then D'Artagnan joins in, and then I think at the end he becomes a musketeer. For for the most time, he's just a helper, isn't he? <sighs> It, it, that's why it's called the Three Musketeers and not the Four Musketeers. I suppose. I, I do have a real soft spot for the Three Musketeers. So I've seen a mm, lot of films you? by or cartoons. and. <laughs> I used to watch um, a cartoon called Albert the Fourth Musketeer. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> no. Hang on. Oh, Albert the Fifth Musketeer. Yeah, because even they recognised that D'Artagnan was Albert the Fifth Musketeer. D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan becomes the musketeer at the end. He's not a musketeer to begin with. That's why it's called the Three Musketeers. Yeah, so <laughs> so this cartoon I used to watch, here's Wikipedia's uh, description of it. The show centres around the antics of Albert uh, de Parmagnan, a new member of the Musketeers. The series takes place after the siege of La Rochelle and therefore after D'Artagnan has become a musketeer. Mm but before Milady's death. While the other four musketeers are portrayed as bumbling and incompetent, Albert is quick-witted and clever, creating many inventions to get the others out of trouble. So it's like a... Um, a little chil- It was a children's cartoon, and it portrayed the main four musketeers as being um, incompetent yeah. idiots. But then there was this fifth musketeer mm. that no one knew about because he's really short. He's, like, really, really short. But he makes all these little inventions that manage to save the day all the time. Um... But it was fun. It was a fun thing. Cardinal Richelieu yeah. was uh, was the bad guy. Yeah. yeah, I liked that cartoon a lot. That was my main <laughs> understanding of the Musketeers. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I was always like, Albert's the fifth Musketeer. And then all these movies that people watch are about three Musketeers. Yeah. Where's the fourth Musketeer? Because you have to train to be a Musketeer. You don't, you're not just born a Musketeer. Well, <laughs> this movie is... Basically, what they've done is they've made they've made one massive like four hour long movie or something, and then they've split it in two. Oh, okay. And the one that just released uh, is called the Three Musketeers: Colon D'Artagnan. <laughs> uh, 
and is the tale of D'Artagnan. Is the first half of the story, right? D'Artagnan yeah. meet, uh, going to wherever, meeting the Musketeers, yeah. going to Paris, meeting the Musketeers, and uh, joining up with them. It ends at a point where, well, I guess I won't spoil it, but it ends at a point that feels like a reasonable point to finish the film. And then the second half that's out later this year, I think, I think that they're, they're coming pretty hot and quick, these two movies, um, is called The Three Musketeers, Milady, and we'll finish the tale. Ah, Milady. Mm. Which is good because you don't get a lot of Eva Green in this movie, mm. um, but she's very good for the bit she's in. You've also got Francois Civil, who plays D'Artagnan, uh, the great Vincent Castle, um, who's been in low everything. Um, Vincent Cassel, come on, he's French. He's Cassel. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, <laughs> Black Swan. He's been in uh, Oceans Thirteen. Yeah. Oceans. He's been in loads of stuff. He plays uh, Athos, um, oh. and then a few actors that I don't really know, but like Romain Dury plays Aramis. Pierre Marmay. Pierre Marmay. Don't know. Plays Porthos. Um, and then a load of other mm. people. And um, it is a really entertaining, um, solidly made, swashbuckling adventure movie that just, I think, tries... Because they get these ones, like... There was one a few years ago that had um, Christoph Waltz, maybe, in it. And it tried to tell it in, like, a steampunk setting Mm. with, like... This is just the setting as it is in the book, telling the story from the book, but making it fun and exciting with lots of good sword fights and, you know, intrigue. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, it's good to see uh, an, a big, exciting production like this coming out of somewhere other than Hollywood and yeah. succeeding as it has done. And I really look forward to seeing the second one, yeah. which they should call The Four Musketeers. Yeah, but... Because by <laughs> that point in the story, he has joined them. Yeah, but it's always going to be The Three Musketeers. That's what, you know, Alexander Dumas wrote. He didn't read the fight the four musketeers. His name yeah, he did he couldn't count his own characters in his own story. <laughs> we we are now <laughs> a, able to Yeah accurately ca- count how many characters there are in the story, so we should retitle <sighs> the story appropriately. Um after that I'd like to talk briefly about a movie called Polite Society. Mm. Have you heard of Polite Society? No. Flight Society is directed and written by Nida Manzor, who is um, a British screenwriter and director who is most well-known prior to this for making a um, a comedy show on Channel 4 called We Are Lady Parts, which follows the adventures of an all-female punk rock band uh, that consists entirely of Muslim women, Okay. Uh, which is meant to be really good. I've never seen it, but it's um, it's been very really highly acclaimed. So she's now made her debut feature film polite society it's set in london it follows british pakistani teenager ria khan whose goal in who is played by priya kansara who's wonderful um and her goal in life is to become a movie stunt woman like her idol eunice huthart who is a real um uh a a real stunt woman is she um yeah and um, re- yeah, so that's Rhea's dream is to become a, a stunt woman in movies. She spends her time making um, videos in her back garden of her doing various martial arts moves as well as um, training for karate and things like that. Um, her older sister, um, played by 
Ritu Arya, Ritu Arya uh, plays Lena Khan, Rhea's older sister, mm. who has recently dropped out of art school and returned to the family home and is clearly in a bit of a crossroads in life mm. and isn't sure what to do. Um, and uh, helps us helps her younger sister make these videos and stuff like that. Um, they parents love them, but they're very traditional and would like them to lead more typical lives, get married, have a family, etc., etc. Um, and everything Rhea's life falls apart when one day, um, Lena is charmed and wooed off her feet by the successful geneticist Salim, mm. who um convinces. Lena to get engaged and marry him and move to Singapore and it's going to destroy Rhea's life because she's going to lose her best friend, her sister, etc, etc. Mm. Um, and so Rhea sets out to try to prove that there is something shady about this new man in her sister's life uh, and discover what's really going on. The, nice, the, the thing I liked about this film is that it is... A sort of blend of um, films like East is East mm. or Bend It Like Beckham um, with like traditional martial arts action movies. It has all these fight okay. scenes that are filmed and choreographed as if they are like in a Bruce Lee movie, but you're actually watching like two teenagers have a fight in, in, in a classroom in school or something like that. Oh. Um, and then that's all filmed really energetically mm. and excited you know it's 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 exciting uh it's really really funny when it needs to be funny um it has a re- all of the cast are fantastic uh salim's mother is played by da, 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 da. where are we here oh Nim- nimra bucha bucha mm. um who played the villain in uh miss marvel oh, okay recently um and she plays another really good uh like villainous role in this um and yeah it's it's i i liked it i would recommend people check out polite society sounds good i thought the trailer didn't sell it particularly well mm. i wasn't that excited to see it but i gave it a go and i i really really enjoyed it so um yeah sounds amazing people should, people should watch mm. it it's a good film good little british movie um and we need as many of those as we can get. Uh, okay, <laughs> what's the next movie? next movie I'm going to talk about is slightly bigger. I'm going to talk to you about a film called Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. I want to see it. Volume 3. Volume 3. Is this the last they volume? They made the third one. Um, it's the last volume with James Gunn mm. at the helm. It's the last volume, certainly, with this collection of Guardians. Um, but it it's almost... Definitely not the last mm. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy film. In the same way that Avengers Endgame is the last movie with that set of yeah. Avengers, Iron Man, etc. But there's there's more Avengers movies coming, mm. but it will be different characters. Um, so, we saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 together. Yes. In, J- in Japan. In Japan. Uh, brilliant movie. Very good. We loved it. So good. Had a great time. Yeah, funny. Funny, wonderful. Entertaining. Entertaining. Great music, yes. everything you want out of a movie. Mm. Then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 came out. Mm-hmm. And I w- was not a big fan of that movie. Have you seen that movie? I'm not sure, actually. 
It's got Kurt Russell in it playing Chris Pratt's dad. Oh, uh, yeah, um, I have seen that movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for me, a big old letdown. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember it, so probably I wasn't that impressed. Yeah. Mm. I, it, it, I've seen it a couple of times now and tried to come, and I just can't have a very good time with it. It, it, it breaks the team up in a way that doesn't seem entertaining. Uh, it, it tells a story that isn't very interesting. Um, the villain, like they really sort of don't use Kurt Russell well. I just, I really don't like volume two at all. I think it's a really sort of big misstep. In the years since volume two came out, uh, Chris Pratt has become one of the most uh, unbearable Mm. celebrities in the world. Um, James Gunn has been fired for making volume three uh, and then rehired after the entire cast um, went up in arms about it, um, including Chris Pratt, who apparently kept texting James Gunn Bible verses, which I'm sure is exactly the kind of support you want after you've just been fired from a job. Um, <laughs> uh, and Dave Batista, who actually publicly just went on a huge um, sulky tantrum about it and and helped get James Gunn rehired as well. Mm. Uh, got a lot of time for Dave Batista. Um what else has happened? And then James Gunn, of course. So in because he was fired for making Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, he ended up going over to DC and making the Suicide Squad movie for them before agreeing to go back to Disney and make Guardians 3. Mm. And now since then, he's obviously very famously been hired to be the head, the new head of DC Studios uh, and attempts to do finally with the DC characters what Marvel have been doing for over a decade with the Marvel characters. But with a more difficult job of it, really, because... He's trying to now course correct this weird universe that Zack Snyder created uh, rather than starting fresh. So we'll see. Or he is starting fresh but isn't starting fresh because there's a new Superman coming and it's not Henry Cavill. Bizarre. Why is it Um, not Henry Cavill? Because James Gunn wants to make a film about not the origins of Superman but I think a film where Superman is a young man and Henry Cavill just turned 40 so he's not exactly... A young man, so it doesn't fit with the the story that James Gunn apparently wants to tell. But that means if maybe in a few years' time, when Superman grows up, would it, is there a possibility that Harry Cavill would come back? Um, I don't think so because it's going to be like a man in his young, in his twenties, not like a teenager ah. or a child. Um, so I think that. But then you know, all these movies now end up in multiverses, and you know, the Flash movie that's coming out. Is good. I think that we'll see Henry Cavill again as Superman. Mm. But I think that this story that he's about to tell now is not one that Henry Cavill can play. It's going to be yeah. a, much, a much younger man. And I that's... feel sorry for Harry Cavill because he, he caught fire from The Witcher as well. Yeah. Well, no, he didn't. Not fire. He does, he's not doing The Witcher anymore. Yeah, but I read... I don't want to go into it. Into, I, read, I read some stuff that made it sound like maybe um, Henry Cavill's not the world's greatest man. Um regarding his treatment of people on the set of that show and stuff like that. But again, that's all speculation. I don't really know fully what the story is there, but I'm reticent to have much of an opinion on Henry Cavill, beyond the fact that I enjoy his performances. Mm. Um, but he's now, he's all, he's fine. He's going to be fine. He's he's announced that he's heading up this Warhammer. They're making a whole load of Warhammer stuff, apparently, and Henry Cavill's going to be uh, leading the charge with that, and he's famously a massive fan of Warhammer, so, you know. I think Henry Cavill's going to be happy, whatever, okay. whatever happens. Um, it was a very weird thing 
where they brought him back very briefly at the end of that Black Adam movie, but that sounded like it was The Rock's fault. Um, and anything that I can blame The Rock for, I'll happily do. So, yeah. <laughs> Get out of town, The Rock. No one likes you. Um, I don't think that's a popular opinion, George. Well, it's my opinion. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody likes you. <laughs> George doesn't like you. I Nobody have no opinion him. on The Rock. The, ugh, the Rock. I literally have no opinion on him. Sucks. I don't care. He sucks. He sucks. Um, he's, they're making a Moana live action Moana movie he's not the he's not the star of Moana but he's out there acting as if he's the star of this new live action movie no you're not what? Moana's the star of Moana what is Shut he, he going to play um... he's going to play Maui again oh okay no not okay bad idea um, but he's desperate to, he's desperate to be the star of some kind of big franchise he thought it was going to be Black Adam no he made a terrible movie ha that's not going to happen um, fast. He thought it was going to be the Fast and Furious spin-off. No, ha, 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 ha. <sighs> an awful man. Anyway, this was supposed to be happened. a positive podcast, George. <laughs> it's going to be, like... be a review of Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Volume Three. All of that to say yeah. that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, mm. I went into it with rock bottom expectations. Mm. I I don't particularly like the lead actor anymore. The director. He's very outspoken on Twitter in a way that I find quite aggravating. Mm. So he kind of not in like he doesn't have a he, I I align with his opinions, but he he constantly replies to people on Twitter mm. who are posting rumors, and he'll be like, "No, this isn't happening." To to be clear, this isn't true. No, yeah. no. I'm like, just just let people make stuff up. Like, you don't need to personally tell every single person on Twitter that makes up a rumor about a movie you're making that they're wrong. Like, just it's not. You're not achieving anything by it. Just go off and make your movie. Mm. Stop. I don't know. It just sounds like he wants people to... I, I don't know. Anyway, all of that said, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is one of the best movies Marvel have made in quite a long time. Oh. It's probably the best one since... Well, for me, Multiverse of Madness, but I have a real soft spot for Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. It's probably the best one since like Endgame, really. Mm. It is really, really good. Um, and it made me, it helped me to better understand what I don't like about volume two, which is this movie. It sort of brings the focus around to Rocket Raccoon and tells Rocket Raccoon, spends a lot of time telling what, us where Rocket Raccoon mm. came from. And the bad guy has like a real personal connection to Rocket Raccoon. Uh, the bad guy being the high evolutionary played by a uh, Chiwoki Awuji. Um, but it's a team film. It is the whole team mm. working together to try to help Rocket Raccoon and they all get their own little moments. Whereas Volume 2 feels really much like, rather than being a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, it's a Star-Lord, Chris Pratt solo mm. movie with the rest as like supporting characters. This felt much more like a an, an ensemble piece with them all kind of getting their own moments to shine. And I think that's what made it exciting. Uh, they go, you know, they go to lots of different weird locations. There's lots of great music drops. It opens with a Radiohead song. There's a Florence and the Machine song in there. There's a Faith No More song in there. There's some really good '90s alt rock stuff. Um, I really enjoyed the soundtrack. Uh, it's funny, which was great uh, to see again. To really sit there laughing at like one of these movies. Like Chris Pratt is good in it, and he's funny in it. He does a good performance. Mm. Um, Batista's hilarious in it. I really enjoyed Karen Gillan. I thought Nebula got a really good um, storyline in this film. Um, yeah, it's really it's really entertaining. I will say it's got some of the most upsetting and distressing sequences mm. I've seen in any superhero movie ever. Um, 
the high evolutionary is a vivisectionist does experiments on animals in a in a, in a uh, attempt to create the perfect life form etc etc and some of the sequences particularly the ones where we see rocket raccoon during the creation of him and some of the other animals that he was uh, placed with are even though everything we're seeing on screen is cgi it's all mm. motion captured and portrayed by humans and no animals are on set it's really 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 upsetting to watch it doesn't feel like a children's movie at all mm. it feels like a um a movie for adults uh, and I would definitely bear that in mind before watching it um, and just be aware that you're going to see some images that are not very pleasant mm. to watch but it you know it, it's in service of the story it's in service of really kind of selling this villain as being a truly awful horrendous uh, character yeah. I thought the actual perf- performance of the villain was fine for me felt a little bit too similar to Lee Pace, who played Ronan the Accuser in the original Guardians movie, kind of plays it really, really straight. Okay. Uh, gets whipped up by how silly the Guardians are and kind of shouts and yells a lot and kind of exactly the same as the villain in the original. But the things that he's doing are what make him kind of a, an imposing threat because he is just horrible. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, a bit a really big success for Marvel. A weird one because the guy that made it is immediately leaving to go off and make DC movies, which is a, a strange one. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Good. Good stuff. I'd recommend it. You should watch it. Hmm. Check it out. Find a film that does it in English. I would. Well, will. <laughs> It'll hit Disney Plus soon enough. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out on Disney Plus. Yes. Next week, I mm-hmm. think. Yes. Uh, those are all the movies. Quickly talk about a couple of other things. Uh, I've been very excited this weekend because The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has been released. So for the first time in over a year, I've had a reason to turn on my Nintendo Switch, which is good. <laughs> um, is that long that you haven't played with your Nintendo Switch? They don't put out many games. Mm. Uh, they put out... No, they put out a Metroid game, I think, last year, Metroid Dread, which was good. And there's been maybe a couple of other things, but I've not really played a proper Switch game for a long time. But uh, now this one's this one's arrived. Um, there was a a terrible moment where it was meant to be. I I ordered I ordered it off the Nintendo website, and it was due to be delivered to me the day the game came out on Friday mm. as we were recording, um, and it never arrived. And I got Royal Mail sent me tracking updates, and. Um, it just from it, it arrived in Manchester at quarter to one on Friday morning and then just didn't get another update again all day and I was like, What's going on? Where's my game? What's where's oh oh <laughs> and um uh I went and double checked my order on the Nintendo website on Friday evening and I could have cried because while Nintendo are very good at making games, they clearly are not good at making or online order forms because do you have the thing? Do you know, have you seen the thing where you're ordering something online mm. and it says, put your postcode in mm. and then we'll find your address. Yeah. yeah. Put my postcode in, found my address, clicked on my address. What I didn't notice at the time was that even though the address that popped up from the postcode finder had my flat number on it, mm. when it pasted it into the order form, it deleted the flat number. So it just had the building I live in. Ah, oh, yeah. And not the flat I live in, mm-hmm. making it impossible for Royal Mail to deliver the parcel. Um, and when I noticed that on Friday evening, there was nothing I could do about it. But I was like, ah, oh, if if this has been returned to sender, I'm not going to get it. I've had a long week at work. I was looking forward to relaxing with this. Oh, my God, my life is a, is worthless now. <laughs> what am I going to do? 
Uh, and then I got up on Saturday morning and, and went to the, the local delivery office and was like, please, can you find my Zelda? And he was like, oh, yeah, it's just here. There you go. Oh, wonderful. Go. That's good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can I can I can rest easy. Um, and um, this is the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which came out five, six years ago now, 20, 2018, mm. I think. Um, and was immediately hailed as one of the greatest video games ever made. One of the best video games ever made. It got perfect review scores uh, all across the the game review industry. I put probably over a hundred hours into it. Um, it's an amazing. The Breath of the Wild is an incredible video game. Really heavily influenced by uh, Ghibli, which is appropriate because we'll be talking about Ghibli more in next week's episode. Yeah. Uh, in particular, really heavily referenced by Princess Mononoke. Mm. Uh, in the original Breath of the Wild, you're exploring the enormous world of Hyrule, which is covered in um, mountains and forests and lakes and all sorts of countryside. And there's this corruption that is spreading throughout the land yeah. and, and destroying the land. And it's just, it's it's very, very similar to Princess Mononoke in a, in a you know, if you're going to take inspiration from something, take it from one of the best things ever made. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that game was amazing. I wasn't really that excited about this new one because because we did it. They did it with Breath of the Wild. What's the point in making the same one again? And it looked quite similar. Um, and it is ultimately quite similar because it's set in the same Hyrule. So the map is kind of the same, mm. but they've introduced so many new elements now. There's an underground, an entire underground world you can go and explore in this new video game. There's the game opens with something happening that causes all these ruins of the past to rise up into the wow. air and create these floating sky mm. islands so you can explore the air in this new one. And in the original, you got these sort of magic spell type things. And one of them you got was like telekinesis that let you pick up objects and, and mm. float them around to move, move boulders out of your way and stuff like that. In the new game, they've changed it. Uh, it's got the name Ultra Hand now. But basically what you can do is you can pick up objects and attach it, attach make them sort of glue themselves to other objects and create kind of um, in create vehicles almost. Like, for example, there's a bit early on where you're on one side of a big lake and you have to get to the other side of the lake. And if you tried to swim across, you'd run out of energy and drown. Um, but by the side of the lake, there's all these logs and these like old mechanical fans that when you turn them on, they start blowing air out. And you pick up two of the logs, you can attach them together to create a raft, and then you place one of these fans on the back and turn it on, and it starts motoring you. And you've made a little speedboat, and it takes you across the lake. Nice. Um, and it's pretty cool, and I've used it since to make hot air balloons <laughs> and um, trams and mine wow. carts. That it's it's um, got this whole world of like creation around it, which is great because that's it's an opportunity in a video game to like allow the player to create their own fun in a way um they just give you the tools and then you go off and you start just messing around attaching things to different things and seeing what you can build and make and create and it uh, it it's adding a sort of minecraft-esque level of creation mm. into a huge open world uh, adventure game story game and it's so cool i've played about 10 hours of it uh, over the course of uh, yesterday and this morning, and um, it seems amazing. I'm I'm really excited to play more of it, but it seems like they've actually managed to create another masterpiece off the back of the last masterpiece, which is impressive. Normally, when you make a masterpiece, the next the next product from that person tends to be a bit of a step back because it's hard to um, 
you know, do it twice, but uh, they seem like they've done it. Yeah, Zelda's pretty cool, actually. I, 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 just, I, which one was 3D? Uh, the, 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 I, I used to own a Nintendo DS, and I, and that was a game that I loved, Zelda. I think it was the, mm-hmm. the, the one with the, it was it the magical flute or something? The Ocarina of Time? Yes, that one. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I one played of the best it. games I've made. Yeah, and, uh, but I, I stopped playing and that's maybe because why I don't play video games because at one point I couldn't go forward at all like I couldn't and I was just like oh, I was getting so frustrated so I, I gave up uh, oh. yeah but that was it awesome sounds amazing yeah it's it's really cool and it still has a real Ghibli-esque mm. vibe to it Um, these huge open plains with not many people nature's taken over and yeah it's uh it's pretty wonderful. So that's it. The very last thing I want to talk about is uh, something I posted about this week on Instagram. So I thought it was worth uh, discussing if anyone's come here from there. Um, a, uh, an online web series uh, called Total Forgiveness. Mm. This was made in 2019 and it's available. I think I think it's available at least the first episode or so is available on YouTube. But I've been watching it on this uh, streaming service I've, I've uh, been checking out recently called Dropout which is the uh, the current home of content made by College Humor. Okay, yeah. Who are a, a an online comedy company that I avoided for many years because I hated the name College Humor. It made me assume all of the stuff that they did mm. would be really uh, rubbish. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> to describe it. Yeah. Um, but it isn't necessarily. I've, I, got, I talked last uh, in our top five podcast episode which was last week, I talked about the uh, Worlds Beyond Number podcast, which I discovered through the, the Dungeons & Dragons series Dimension 20, which is on Dropout. Um, so I've been watching that on Dropout, and I thought, I'll, ch- I'll check out some other stuff. And they've got loads of things. They've got a game show called Um Actually, um, which is just where there's three comedians and a host, and the host will read out statements about um, geeky things like Star Wars or Harry Potter or... Lord of the Rings or, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And within the statement, there'll be one thing that's wrong and someone will have to buzz in and say, um, actually, and correct them because there's nothing that nerds like to do more than correct people. Yeah. Uh, and that's a very easy to watch, entertaining show. There's another show called Game Change, which is a game show where the actual game being played changes every episode and the contestants aren't told what the game is going to be until the show has started. <laughs> okay. Um, and that can be, that's been everything from... There was an episode where they had to. There was a huge mouth brought out onto the onto the set, and they'd get played a noise, and they had to pick a piece of food off a table, not real food, like plastic stuff, mm. uh, that matched the noise that had been played. Uh, and it started off with simple stuff like a cow, so you give it grass, um, and then got to the point where there was like an impression of honey, Winnie the Pooh, so you had to work out to give it honey. Uh, that was really entertaining. And then, like, the very next episode was one where they got sent out into the street uh, and they had to try and find hidden secret agents um, uh, by saying uh, phrases that have been given to members of the public and it turned it almost into a hidden camera show. Um, And it's cool, the level of inventiveness going on in that. But the one I really want to talk about is Total Forgiveness, Mm. which follows two of the cast members of um, College Humour, Ali Beardsley, who's a really, really funny um, comedian, and Grant O'Brien, who's another very funny comedian, who's tall. Um, <laughs> and um, they both have 
enormous levels of student loan debt, as many people in America do mm. and as people all over the world do. Um, I think they in the first episode they say that Grant O'Brien has ninety five thousand dollars of debt. Crazy. Uh, pays over seven hundred dollars a month towards it, and that only covers the interest, so isn't actually. Oh, what the! Oh my god! Um, and Ali Beardsley has similarly fifty five thousand dollars of debt, and again, you know, pays most of that. And they both have well paid jobs at, at like uh, in an, in the entertainment industry, mm. and they're still crippled by this debt. So they pitch a show to College Humor, which is to, um, every episode they get set horrible challenges to do by College Humor, and then they pay if they pass the challenge, they get money paid to them to pay off their student loan wow. debt. Just quite a clever way of getting your boss to yeah help <laughs> yeah pay off your debt. Um, but College Humor, uh, Sam Rice, who's hosts Game Changer and is the CEO of College Humor, changes it because it, it does feel inappropriate for that for your boss to be like eat this um you know eat this dirt off the floor and I'll give you some money towards your debt. Yeah. So they change it so that Grant and Ali have to think of challenges for the other one to do and okay. they challenge each other. <laughs> Uh, which feels much more appropriate. Yeah. Um, and then it, the idea is if they pass the challenge, they get money. If they fail the challenge, the person who set the challenge would get money. So they either split the amount or it all goes to one person. Or, mm. you know, do you, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, so it kind of starts off as a reality competition show on the edge of something like Jackass or something like that. Um, it starts off with, like, in the first episode, the challenges are that Grant has to interview a lawyer who's an expert on student loans while he's covered in leeches. Um, from a from a from a professional leech alternative medicine company. Okay. And um, Ali has to Skype for half an hour with an ex of theirs, uh, whilst eating a, an obs- an obscenely hot spicy uh, meal from a Thai restaurant. Um, and then it progresses into much more intense stuff from there. The thing I like about the show is that a it shines a light on some of the issues facing people of our sort of generation. Yeah. Across the entire world, and it's not just student loan debt, it's all sorts of debt that people end up in in order to just be able to live their lives because of the insane world we live in. Yeah. Um, so that's a really important conversation to be having. Uh, it also works because Ali and Grant clearly love and care for each other mm. in a big way. They're really, really good friends. And it, over the course of the show, it when you introduce this kind of competitive financial thing into it, you see the real impact that can have on a friendship and it kind of, it gets incredibly real mm. and intense um, in the halfway point and towards the end. And uh, I won't spoil how it ends, but yeah, it really goes to a lot of places and ends up being much more than just setting stupid dares for each other to do. Wow. And um, it's a really beautiful show. And I like for the fact that it just exists on YouTube and then on this dropout service means that, you know, not many people will have seen it. And I'd really thoroughly recommend people mm. go and find it and check it out because it's a really great piece of entertainment, piece of art that some that these people have made. And it has a lot to say about the current state of the world in the yeah. right way. As well as being and, and also it's exceptionally funny. <laughs> not to, you know, it needs to be clear. It's very, very funny. So yeah. Total forgiveness, I'd really recommend people check out. Uh, and that's my culture catch-up for the week. couple of films. Uh, go and watch Three Musketeers, Black Society and Guardians of the Galaxy. Go and play Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and come home and watch Total Forgiveness. Wonderful. Good stuff. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Sounds yeah. all good.
Thanks. What have you got to do? Oh, I've been really bad this week because um, I've... Uh... <laughs> I on the 8th of um, June a series that I really like is coming out with their fourth and final season which is Never Have I Ever so I binged watched three seasons like wow yeah uh, which is kind of crazy um, but good you know I know exactly what happened I completely forgot what was like the first season and um, but yeah um, I spoke about this season in the podcast before but it's about mm. um it stars Maitrevi Ramakrishnan, uh, who plays Devi, a uh, uh, very a geek, a nerd, they call themselves, um, that uh, is uh, desperate to find a boyfriend. Well, she she obsesses about finding a boyfriend and being a cool uh, girl in school because uh, of basically trying to deal with the death of her father. And so she fixates on other things rather than think of mourning him. And so, and um, the first season kind of concentrates a lot on that, and it's quite sad. And um, and she's got friends, of course, and there's the cool guys, and it's just it's set in a high school. I love that kind of stuff. Um, but it's also quite deep, and um, you know, tackles with the idea of loss and uh, family, and uh, it's really interesting. If I had to um say which one is best i think season if i had to do a top three of the seasons i would say number three season two don't think it's that great um i think they kind of lost their way and then season three is pretty good so number two and number one season one because it's the best so i hope season four is gonna end the this series um well, have they said why it's finishing, or does it just feel like a natural? I think I think it's it feels like a natural thing because it's just high school. So high school in in America is three years, I think. Sure. Wait. Uh, how long is high school in the U.S.? I think it's three years. Twenty. Ah, four years. Four years. Yeah, it's four years. So I guess four seasons, four years. Fair play. Yeah. Um, yes, because after season four of Buffy, that she no no she goes to college in season four. Yeah. So she must not be in her first year. Yeah. First season of Buffy. I I, I kind of wish I I hope it'd be nice if they follow Davy to college and there's a different group of friends, but um, like in Buffy. Yeah, yeah, but her family her mother and her cousin are quite important in the story so i'm not sure how we're going to cope without her her, her indian mum being an indian mum <laughs> super protective indian mum so uh, i'm not sure but i i'm not ready to say goodbye but um it'd be nice if they followed her to college uh, i forgot to say before is um season created by mindy kaling and lang fisher Mm-hmm, yes mm-hmm. so it's uh it's very good i like it so i spent a lot of time doing that uh but i also um watched a film that i've been wanting to watch for years but um i'm uh it's a spike lee movie and i put off spike lee films because i just don't want i just know they're good and but i'm going to be upset at the end uh right. <laughs> so i'm like no but i i i, I watched um and uh, Spike Lee's 1989 film Do the Right Thing. 
Oh, brilliant film. Oh, I think it's one of the best film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like I, 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 the film finished and I was like, this is incredible. I- amazing. The way uh, it's directed, the, the, th- what it is about, the, the music, the characters. It's incredible. Mm. I, I, I can't it believe is. I put it off for so long, but I put it, but you know, the last 30 minutes are like, it's pretty, pretty, yeah. Oh, pretty it was, I, I, emotional. very emotional. The last 30 minutes. And if any of our listeners haven't watched this film, watch it. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's just, um, it's got a great cast. Uh, Spike Lee is in it as uh, Mookie, and then it's got uh, uh, Danny Aiello, uh, John Turturro, and um, uh, somebody else which I've never seen before, and I can't find his name now. Um, as Sal and his sons who own a pizza place, and then there's Rosie Perez, Samuel L. Jackson, um, Giancarlo Esposito is in it. Yeah, I was just. Very- I was like different character to what we yeah, used to know. Yeah, playing bugging out, and I was like looking at him. I was like, I know that guy. Who is he? And then it's like yep. Giancarlo Esposito, uh, incredible. He's incredible in it. Um, and then the guy's amazing. Uh, the guy, the guy that has the boombox. I can't remember his name. Radio Rahim, played by Radio Bill Rahim. Nunn. Oh, amazing! Because I you don't see Bill Nunn very often, and I'll always remember him in uh, Sister Act. As the the cop, and I love him. He's in the Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies as well, playing J.K. Simmons's uh, edit assistant editor or something. He's great, and I love him. And Radio Rahim is incredible, and um, and many more. It's a great cast, and it's about one day. uh, It's set in uh, one day in a suburb in Brooklyn suburb, I think. Okay. Is that Brooklyn sub? I don't understand America. Um... <laughs> it's set on a street. It's, it's set on it's a set block. It's set on a street in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Um, and uh, it's just a day in this multicultural community, mainly black, but uh, there is Sal and his sons uh, that own a pizza place. And then there are the the Latinos. And then they the just arrived, um, the Koreans. Uh, and opened a shop and it's just a day that um goes on is the hottest day of the year and um it's just the life of this uh street in brooklyn um but the more the day goes on there's this kind of crescendo that you know is everything gonna be okay and then by the end there's this like climax of oh shit <laughs> oh shit uh and it's horrible Mm -hmm. um but then the day but then is then the day starts again at the end and then it's gonna start again like nothing has changed Mm -hmm. um and life goes on and the same problems will go on and what happens at the end is uh is not new it's seen every but all the time in America uh, against especially uh, the um, black men. And um, the fact that this film was not, not done in 1989 and it's still, it's still so relevant now is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is a brilliant movie. Yeah. Everyone should watch it. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's as relevant today. Yeah. More relevant today almost than it was when it was made. 
in a way, I, f- I feel I feel that way because I feel like we're we're going back to a place where we we're getting so divided and fighting each other rather than actually fighting the people that we should fight. You know, we're we're not getting paid enough. We are we haven't got the infrastructure that we should have, and what and we we look at the other person next to us rather than looking up and going, no, it's our governments that need to change something. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, um, yeah. And it, it does, it does look a lot into that, into like dynamics of racism and racial tension and miscommunication. Um, because whatever happens towards the end is all to do with a miscommunication and not wanting to listen to the other person. If Sal just listened to bugging out and just decided to um, maybe acknowledge that the reason why his pizza place is still open is because of his clientele and uh, maybe acknowledge that and and do whatever bugging out asks, maybe wouldn't happen to the end. But because we need to be divided, that doesn't happen. And then tragically, there's a tragedy and it's just kind of, it's so it could be so simple with communication, but I don't think um I think hatred does finance a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um and so now I'm just gonna watch lots of Spike Lee movies because I have to watch them whatever whether they upset me or not. Um and because uh, they're incredible. Well, this is incredible. And I've watched uh, the other two films I watched by Spike Lee we previously were Malcolm X. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Da Five Bloods. So I've only watched three now. And he's... Mm. So I need to do more. And um, when it came out, actually, this film was quite... Um, you know, they had a lot of... Um, it was quite controversial film. And um, apparently, I read today on IMDb that um, Kim Basinger uh, caused caused controversy um in the 1990 oscars because she said we've got five great films here and they're great for one reason because they tell the truth there is one film missing from this list that deserves to be on it because ironically it might tell the biggest truth of all and that's do the right thing yeah because that year i think driving miss daisy won the oscar or was nominated and it's just like it's just kind of like the ra- racial tension that there is in America that is portrayed in Do the Right Thing and this kind of like whitewashed kind of like, oh, we can be friends. We yeah, can be friends, friends if you just drive me around. Yeah. Um, and then um, Spike Lee kind of criticised a lot of um, white critics because they were saying that this film... Uh, would incite um, anger and cause riots in the in the black population. <laughs> yeah, it's not the film. <laughs> it's, not the film. But it's crazy that in tra- in nineteen ninety, mm. Driving Miss Daisy won Best Picture. Yeah, and Spike Lee was ignored for Do the Right Thing. Yeah, then in twenty nineteen, yeah, Green Book. Which is the same film with the same message. It just yeah. flipped. this time the white guys driving yeah. and the black guys in the back. One best picture. Did it? And Black Klansman <gasps> was a was ignored. Oh my goodness. I didn't And Spike Spike Lee tried to storm out the theatre. Uh, so you know So again he lost he lost to yeah. somebody like, you know 
lost again to uh, the whitewashed, this is what people romantically want to think race relations is, rather than his, you know, true account from from the from a valid perspective. Yeah, he's a <laughs> poetic irony of very cruel proportions, I yeah. think, there. Yeah. Because Black Klansman, if you haven't seen it, is is amazing. Um, And then I watched another film, which was ridiculous, uh, just to kind of like, I was like, oh, I'll just watch something light and fluffy that made me even angrier after that. And I watched this film with, um, a uh, 2014 film with Lily Collins and Sam Claflin. Okay. You know why? Just because TikTok kept telling me, kept putting this, pushing this film on me and I was like oh, I'll just watch it and uh, it was it just actually made one of the love romantic stories that make me angry um it's called love rosie and it was just it just it's called what? Love, love rosie and it just portrays everything that is wrong with the idea of love in my and male and female friendship and it's just so it was just so annoying. <laughs> just like, I'll just watch all the Spike Lee movies I can because I can't believe that it's just, <laughs> it's just so bad. And um, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's just not great. And also there's a really, by, at the beginning, there's a, this really terrible scene. There's uh, Suki Waterhouse in, in it as well. Is her name Suki oh, Waterhouse? Yeah. Suki, yeah. Suki, yeah, Suki Waterhouse. And there's a shot of Suki Waterhouse and the director basically, uh, which with no, there was no reasoning at all that he just um, shot her from the bottom. And so you, you can see her, her ass. Right. And I'm like, why are you doing that? You're just a, I, and that already, that from that shot, I was like, oh, but I finished watching it. It was terrible. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> Um, so don't watch Love Rosie. No, watch Love Rosie. <laughs> I listened to um the National album, their first two pages of Frankenstein. I really liked it actually. I'm not a national fan, and I never really enjoyed their music. Um, it might be the gloomy weather there is in Italy at the moment, but it's really, really good. Did any songs stand out as good? Uh, I quite like. I think it's uh the one before. For the ice machines. Okay, I yeah, ice machines. I like that oh, one. I yeah. And um, that's a good song. I quite yeah. I think that was the one that was like, oh, that's that's nice. And I think there was one, um, I think yeah, I I quite like that one. And the last one is quite sad. <laughs> Made me really sad. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's <laughs> like oh. I mean the whole album. All out like well, that's like, maybe why I liked it more. The all album has got this kind of like melancholy sadness to it, and I was like, oh, it, it goes well with the weather in Italy at the moment. So it's a uh, wonderful. <laughs> and of course, this okay. is this isn't helping. Featuring Phoebe Bridges is uh, pretty nice. I think her voice just can carry any musician, you know. Like in the song, um, in the album with Scissor, when her in when she comes out, um, uh, Ghost in the Machine, when you don't expect Phoebe Bridges to come out, and then she does, and just like she just elevates the song and makes it like ethereal. Yeah, mm -hmm. just like her voice is so. Hmm. 
she seems to be doing music with every artist yeah. alive at the moment. It's every other day is someone will release a song with Phoebe Bridges on yeah. this song. But not, not no, no, thing. absolutely. I think uh, it's great. Um, and then I listened to two uh, of the podcasts that you recommended. Ah, well, should we jump in? Should we call this the homework section? Yes, let's go to homework. Sit down at the back and be quiet and get out your book because it's time to discuss your homework now. Okay, so homework. You, you've you've had some podcasts that I recommended, yeah. so you've gone off and listened to some. What so I listened think? first to um, your number four, If Books Could Kill. Um, and I listened to the, the episode, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. Nice. Um, (laughs) that was really interesting, actually, how, like, a guy, a writer could just, like, write a book on nothing and no data. Um, it's quite fascinating that, uh, the, the the moment when they talk about um the chapter on Korea and why Korean the planes, oh, the planes. fall down because that blew my mind. I was mind. like, how is that written in a book? So for anyone who's <laughs> listening who hasn't listened to this podcast, there's an idea in the book that um Korean airplanes are more likely to you you've listened to this more recently, so correct me if I'm wrong. But Korean airplanes are more likely to crash because Korean society is so hinged on A being polite and B deferring to your superiors. Yeah that airline crews are scared yeah. to tell the pilot when there's a problem, yeah. so they don't, and then the plane crashes. What Malcolm Gladwell leaves out is he, and he then, he then, he then um, states several Korean yeah. plane crashes yeah. as evidence of this thing, without mentioning that, is it at least three of those crashes were, were because the plane was shot yeah. down by Russia or something? Yeah. <laughs> Which, no, we shouldn't laugh. It's just the fact that this but guy... But it's, it's just, it's yeah. laughable... Because it 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 just kind of makes you realize that you read you need to be so yeah. careful and skeptical of so yeah. much that's presented 100%. as fact in the world. And um, they um, they it was interesting to listen to them. I don't I haven't listened very often to American podcasts, so it took me a while to get into it. Mm. And when somebody goes straight to the negative so they before reading the book um they already had their opinion on uh, michael gladwell is that his name malcolm, malcolm gladwell. gladwell and so i was like oh you know sometimes when people already have an opinion then they'll read their book hypercritically but then this book oh, yeah I so i was mean. just a bit like oh come on you know but then this book i've is definitely so- listened to episodes where they are they will be fair when it yeah. calls to be fair. Yeah, yeah, but it was my first yeah, time yeah. listening. And and no, then, no, that's good, that's then but I can understand why, because this Malcolm Gladwell seems like an absolute, like... But he's, an, he's like a national treasure in the UK. People take it, people people take his word as gospel. That, is it that book that's also got the chapter about how, um, this sounds racist, this is what's in the book, I'm not saying this, that Chinese people are good at maths because it's hard to farm rice? Yeah, yeah, something about that. And he's just got this thing about Asia, and they tend they're like that. Just yeah. come on, is Malcolm Gladwell English? Um, I'm ninety five percent sure he is, but I'll check. Yeah, so I, I think. Yeah, he's he's English born, okay. Canadian journalist. Okay. So he's born in, he's Canadian, but he was born in 
yeah. England and Fairham, which is yeah. Portsmouth. And it's quite funny actually. Like they have good banter, the two the two hosts, and it's quite funny. Mm. And uh, I I you know I like how they go chapter by chapter and they talk about it. And yeah, I I probably would listen to it more. I thought it was. Yeah, because also the nice thing is that they're all their podcasts are like under an hour. Yeah. They're not. It's not a slog to. Because I feel like our podcast is is more than an hour sometimes. We're just having a chat. Yeah. It's like a nice chill yeah. chill time. Podcasts like that that have hit throwing yeah. information at you once they once they go over an hour or so they can be a bit yeah. of a, a slog. So it's nice that they're quite. Um, they practice yes. brevity. Yes, definitely. And then uh, so quite, I like that one. And then uh, I listened to uh, your number five podcast, which is um, Finding Drago. Yeah. Oh, Finding yeah, Drago. The first thread, uh, which is about <laughs> which is about uh, a book uh, that uh, was written. I think it was written because I haven't listened to the second episode yet. I only listened to the first one about uh, what happened to Drago, who is the character from Rocky Four, the Russian character mm-hmm. in Rocky Four. What happened to him after he got defeated in Moscow by Rocky Balboa? Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating because I didn't know that Rocky Four ended um, uh, communism. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that was the case. A bit, a bit like, um, you know, David Hasselhoff, um, you know, br- 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 down bringing down the burning wall. I didn't realize that it was such an important piece of propaganda. Uh, <laughs> it's always a piece of American pop culture, yeah. isn't it? That yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. David Hasselhoff and and Rocky Balboa have like ended, uh, you know, put down the wall and united Europe again and. Uh, um, got rid of the soviet union um yeah so i didn't realize that uh and um yeah got rid of the soviet union to replace it with something so yeah, much better yeah 100 percent um yeah. but you know who knows um <laughs> it was it, it's quite it's it's very funny like the the main host which i don't remember the name he's a uh, Oh, um, Alexis yeah. Toriopoulos. It's quite and... funny and uh, very entertaining. And um, I. Cameron James. Yeah. And I, I like that he kind of he explains why he he likes this film, Rocky Four, because of kind of his uh, family that is, you know, were, were communists in um, Greece and they went to Australia to, uh, to escape being um, persecuted and stuff, um, which is nice because it's very rare that you hear uh, socialism and communism talked sometimes in a positive aspect, you know, we're so mm. against communism, socialism. And I thought that was a really nice kind of putting it out there. You know, we don't, we don't talk about like capitalism and, right wing being like the evil of evil well apart from fascism but it's back on trend so i think uh, but never mind um so it's quite nice that he 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 explains that side of him that could be problematic to some people and i like that because you you expose yourself it's like this is the kind of person i am this is the kind of person i i i uh, I ca- well, this is the my, the family I come from and I don't care what you think and I like that and it's a fascinating it's fascinating that somebody has or hasn't I'm not sure because I have to read I have to listen to the second episode has written a book about this fictitious character um, 
of Drago. Uh, On mountains yes. Um <laughs> The funny thing is, is that apparently when they speak Russian in Rocky IV, there was no, like, they were just speaking gibberish with a Russian <laughs> accent. <laughs> so they, 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 they phoned a friend, a Russian friend, and he was saying, yeah, that's not Russian. That's just rip gibberish. It's like, oh, my God. Like, oh, the what people got away with in films once upon a time is uh yep. insane why would you bother to do the research on that you don't have access to the internet you're not going to go and hire a well, russian you're, you're, you're so... Sylvester Stallone. you've got enough money to yeah, uh... just you just make it up you just go ah uh, true uh, true you can't hire a russian because russians were the bad guys sure i think i want to listen t- i'm going to listen to more of this so i Oh, good. yeah, you yeah, because it's, uh, um, it's really funny. It's a, it's a real journey you go on in that. <laughs> yeah, and um, I liked them. Yeah, I, they were very good to listen to. Very kind of like, and you didn't if you didn't really have to like you could miss some bits, which was fine and kind of uh, so. Mm. Um, yeah, I I I like them. Thank you for recommending them to me. Good. I'm glad you. I'm glad two for two yeah. so far. Um, I've got three more that I need to listen, which is Watch Out for Fireballs, which is kind of video games. Um, I put. I'm going to put that for last because you know I don't play video games, so maybe. That's, but that's um, fair. yeah, I'm gonna listen to the others. Uh, soon. Good. Yeah. yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Worlds Beyond mm. Number. Uh, very good podcast. Um, I recommend that. Along with what was my number one again? I know because it's my number one. Oh, the Weekly Planet. Oh, yes, yeah, good stuff. Mm. That's so good. Awesome yeah. source. Uh, right. Well, before we wrap up for the day, would you like to share some my tube? Yes, I've got one MyTube for you today. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first or shall we stick with me going first? Yeah, you can what, go first. Okay, I've got a, got a couple of different things to share with you. Um, let's start here. Guess who's back, Alex? Guess who's back? I don't know. Who's back? These are back. Who's that? Tenacious. Ah, Tenacious D. Tenacious D are back. Nice. You you a big fan of Tenacious D? Uh, of the odd song, yeah. But I think that's yeah. But I don't think I've ever listened to their albums. I mean, they've only got a handful. Yeah, but some of them are alright. Mm. Yeah, they've got some good songs. Tribute is probably yes. their big famous song. Oh, I love that song. It's not the greatest song ever made, but it it, it <laughs> yeah. It's a tribute. Yeah. Um, they're back. Awesome. They're back with a new a new single, seemingly off a new album mm. that has not yet yet been released, been announced, uh, called Video Games. Nice. 
Nice. It's only a minute and a half long, so let's have a little look at what you think of this. Okay. It's an animation, which is... It is an animation, Which is wonderful. That's why I was confused by your post on Instagram. I was like, what is that? (laughs) 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 Uh, Well, it's it's Jack Black. If anyone doesn't know, Tenacious D is this sort of comedy rock band, uh, but... Uh, with uh, Jack Black and uh, Kyle Gass. Mm. Jack Black, obviously, international Hollywood uh, superstar. Um, but they're both very talented musicians. Mm. So, that you know, they are good good music, but funny as well. Let's see what this song Video Games has to offer us. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right, Jack ready? Black is this awesome animation, One, and two, the other guy is not. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's the name of the other guy? Kyle Gass. Yes. Like, he's a, just a simple doodle. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> and now he's a Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. <laughs> he's naked. Wow. Oh! Violent. Very violent. It just. Oh. So he's saying he doesn't play video games because they're not video games, but they're pieces of art. Exactly, wow. they are pieces of art. Oh, I wish I was good at them, and I would play video <laughs> games too. Love it. Oh, he's dead. That's it. That's It's on the album. I love it. It's awesome. What do you think? I love it. It's so cool. Pretty good, yeah, right? It looks amazing. Yeah, man. And I'm ex- is an album I'm coming excited out? Excited about that. Well, it, I mean, they haven't announced an album, but the end of that video, he says that's the one. Yeah, it's on the album. Okay. So, hmm. I guess, I guess there's an album coming yeah. out. I don't really know. Um, okay, so that's. That's Tenacious D. There's another band that have just released a new song Ooh. that I'd like you to listen to a little bit of. We probably won't watch the whole music video yeah. here because it's like four and a half minutes long. But have you heard the new song by Queens of the Stone Age? No, I haven't. I haven't heard mm. of them for a while. Are they back? Well, they're, they're back. Their last album, uh, Villains, came out in... Um, 1925. 20, 2017, okay. I think. 2017 or 2018. Yeah. And it was... Um, uh, you're going to be annoyed at me now, but I mean, it, it, this is just a true statement. It was produced by uh, Mark Ronson, and it's rubbish. It's the worst album they've ever done. It's just because you just don't like Mark Ronson. There's no, something no, no, wrong no, no. with you. Honestly, no. It's so... <laughs> right, I'm going to play you this. Yeah. This is what Queens of the Stone Age should sound like. And I'm going to play you a little bit of the, the single from the last album. Mm. And you see the difference that okay. I made. I was not a fan of the last album, and I tried. I really did. I, I think you I just went down like a, a you know, you just went then bitter. No, not at all. There's one reason I don't like Mark Ronson is I had I had time for him, and then that Queens of Stone Age album he produced, okay. I was so bad. Anyway, Justin Hawkins spoiling a bit there. You can see on the results page, best song I've heard in years. Oh, just Justin Hawkins of the Darkness. Big fan of this song. Oh. He's done a review of it. What do you think of it, though? That's what I want to know. I don't care about Justin Hawkins. Emotion Sickness. It's called Emotion Sickness. That's, that's uh, without the E, that's a Phoebe Bridges song. 
Oh, yeah, Motion... Oh, sorry, true. Yeah. So this new Queens of Stone Age album they've announced, it's called In Times New Roman. Mm. And every single song is a weird little pun. So hang on. Before we get to actually watching this video, I'm going to read you some of the other songs on this album because it's... So Obscenery, mm. Paper Machete, mm. um, Carnivoya. Did you get it? Carnivoya? No. I didn't get the one before either. Paper mache, but paper mache, paper machete. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Right. Yeah. Carnivore is like carnivore mm-hmm. and also voyeur. Ah, uh, like okay. Right. Yeah. What what the peephole say? Mm-hmm. Not people, but peep, uh, peephole. Peephole. Okay. Peep, yeah. Uh, and then there's a song just called Sicily, which <laughs> is not a pun. Okay, there's a man with a head on fire. It looks very He's old humming, school. Humming. It looks a bit like eighties kind of. Oh. It's got a bit of a groove going on. Yeah. It's very trippy. This video. Yeah, it is trippy. Yeah. Big time trippy video. It looks very much like a video from the 80s, you know, when they were trying to be all experimental with their videos. Yeah, yeah. it does. Okay. That'll, 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 that'll give you enough of a taste. Yeah. What, what do you think? Okay. I don't know. I think I have to listen to the album. That's but you can see that sort of grungy sound that they yeah. have. Yeah. The song that they did with the songs they did with Mark Ronson mm. sounded more like this. So the way you used to do. The way you used to do. Okay. Ah, so a little bit more groovy, like a, you know, groovy Queens of the Stone Age. Okay, no, put it, no, no. I, Do you see? No, put it away. Do you see? No. Do you see no. the problem? No. Do you see the problem, no. Alex? Oh my God. Is that real? That's a real song. Is that yeah, real? Is... is that Queens of the Stone Age? No, just no, please. Why? Why? That was the lead, why can't that was you, the lead single? Why can you not leave me in ignorance sometimes, George? Because <laughs> you go, oh, well, Mark Ronson, you should give him more of a. Fine, I hate him now. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> like at least that other song I just played, you sounds like Queens and Stone. Yeah, I didn't like the video, but you know, but <laughs> I didn't feel physically sick. What is well. that? What? Why does he have a queef? Quiff? Queef? Not queef. Oh, I mean, he always has a sort of a. His hair's no, always got a bit. No, not that. Not no. Not no. Not that. That is a terrible haircut. Don't tell me that his hair has always been like that. His hair's always. His hair's not pretty... with that much gel. Not the Mark Ronson queef. Queef or quiff? Queef seems. Quiff. Quiff, quiff is um. Oh, yeah. Queef is, di- is a, a different thing. <laughs> Doesn't he doesn't have that on his head? Well, he might as well have with this stupid song. No, pause it, pause it, pause it. 
Okay, so um, some music there. Interesting stuff. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Meg 2. Meg 2. Ah, I thought it you was Megan. Meg I don't even know what Meg no. 1 is. Ah, uh, Alex. <laughs> Have I missed something? Because I remember, the wasn't the Meg a, 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 a thing that we had in Japan full of alcohol? Oh, I think it was, but that was just a yeah. Okay. That was that was like someone's name for their big barrel of alcohol. Okay. The Meg was a movie. Yeah. Came out I don't know twenty eighteen twenty nineteen, mm. starring Jason Statham, where he fights a giant shark. Wow. Called Meg. Mm, called well, it, Megalodon is is the name. Oh my of the prehistoric God. Giant shark, right? So the Meg, Meg to the trench. This is notable because um, it looks sick as hell. First of all. <laughs> Second of all, it's been directed by Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley. Remind Off me. Off of making low-budget British horror movies that I adore, mm. like Kill List. Kill List Ben Wheatley. Wow. Yes. Has made... See, but you're, you're already going in on the positive note. No, because Ben... No, 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 because Ben Wheatley, ma- ben Wheatley makes small, little, weird, mm. disturbing British movies. Mm. He's made a Hollywood action blockbuster of Jason Statham. So okay. let's see what is you Jason make of this. Statham in it. Yeah, Jason oh, yeah. Statham. He's in. He's like, <laughs> if it's bad, he's in it. But he makes it bearable. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think. Other than um, the new Guy Ritchie movie, Operation Fortune Ruse the Gat, which is atrociously terrible. Yeah. Don't watch that movie. Awful film. And Jason Statham doesn't put in a great performance. But this, he's he's good in the original Meg. So let's have a look yeah. and see. Oh, great CGI! It, wow, even better CGI. Yeah, yeah, not bad CGI. Okay, for 65 million... What's this thing about 65 million years? Everybody's obsessed. It's when the dinosaurs are around. It's an easy number that means dinosaurs. One species ruled the world, which were dinosaurs. So it's not a giant shark anymore. It's dinosaurs. But a megalodon is a is a oh my god ah no it's a it's a oh. it's a very wow, big shark it's a Alex. very big shark like a really big oh, shark wow. not like George, it just popped out of the water big. Jason Statham is doing some pull ups we need your help Lots of people now saying numbers, talking about stupid nonsense. Yes. All the stuff you want in a movie like this. Yes. We're we're detecting increased biometric hazards. Yes. 200 million feet deep in the trench of the sea. This was a bad idea. Get in in your pod thing. Wow. Okay. And where... Uh, So there's lots of bioluminescent stuff. Bioluminescent oh, things. So it's it's like alien but under the sea. We don't know anything about what's under the sea, under do we? It could the be anything sea. down there. Under the sea. Oh. Look at the size of Meg. Look how big Meg is. Meg's huge. But they must know that Meg existed because there's a Meg one. So what's yeah, happening? But they, they killed that Meg. Ah, there's a two Meg. They blew that Meg apart. Three, three massive Megs. Wow. There's some like good up tempo music that may, might yeah. be a quite fun movie to watch. You'd hope so. What happened last time? You don't wanna know. Okay. 
Wow, Jason. <gasps> he Mac eats people. Oh, it's not Meg proof. <laughs> not at all. Not at all, Meg proof. Oh, giant tentacles. Yes. That's not Meg. What's that? Wow. Okay, is Jason Statham on a ski, just jet ski, trying to He's kill Meg? Gonna straight up murder that shark. Wow. Okay. I don't agree with like what? bad shark movies though. They should stop. I get, I get that, but they're never gonna stop. Yeah, but it's, it's not, it's not fair, is it? Poor sharks. No, but also, I, I don't know. Um, people, people shouldn't be so stupid. Oh, <laughs> well, George. Um, yeah. So. We've watched a few videos today, but do you want to watch this? Oh, I haven't watched actually the the trailer for Dune Two. Do you want, do you want to check it yeah, out? Yeah, let's check it out. Because you liked Dune, right? I love Dune. I'm going to watch it again before I watch this one. Oh, me too. Yeah. Dune part one, Dune part two. Okay. Keep on duning. You ready? Yes, let's go duning. So we have Timothée Chalamala Bing Bong and Zendaya. <laughs> two very good people. Yeah. You dive in. But there's so much more coming, yes. it seems. Yes, it's called swimming. And Zendaya is speaking finally. She's part Zendaya's of the movie. Having, she's a character. She's not just a yes. Vogue photo shoot anymore. Yes, and there's uh, oh Florence. Who's this? No. Oh yes, Florence. That that great over the top orchestral music, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful Hans Zimmer scenes. doing his thing with Denny Villeneuve. Villeneuve is that his name? Quick shot of Austin Butler yes. looking crazy. Oh, Lisa Doze. Yes, wow. Everybody wants to be in it. Why would you not want to be in it? Although we don't get to see any Christopher Walken in this trailer, mm. he's in this as well. Okay, so it's gonna get the bigger wormy worm to come up. Roto, 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 ro. Oh, Xavier Barden. Is that his name? What was it? Yep, yep. Yeah. Oh. oh, he's gonna, he's gonna do it! Is he going to? Oh, he's gonna ride a worm! <gasps> oh, it's gonna be so exciting. I'm already excited. Where is the worm? Wormy, wormy. Nothing fancy. Ah. Yes. Oh, this is a Look massive spoiler. He's doing it, though. Ah, oh, we all knew he was going to do it. Oh, oh! So good. We gave them something to hope for. That's not hope! May thy knife chip and shatter. Oh, it's a revolution. It's a revolution. The revolution will be televised on June. So, it's so I've got goosebumps. <laughs> I've got goosebumps. Looks like they've done it again. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, I cannot wait for that film. 
Um, yeah, it looks very, very good. What have you got to show? I've got to show you uh, a band called Atarashigako uh, from okay. Japan. And okay. they have become quite famous um, through TikTok. But uh, I, TikTok. yeah, but I think you might enjoy them. And um, uh, the, the song is called Otona Blue. There's a little dance, of course. And there's a very popular song in Japan now. And as soon as I watched it, I was like, I think George is going to appreciate this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Show me. Okay. So they're saying it's, it's four schoolgirls or four people dressed as yeah. schoolgirls. Uh, and they are talking, they're introducing themselves. Yeah. And these are the class, this is, these are the middle school um, uniforms, but they're adult women doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They've just formed up like Voltron. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They're very serious at certain points when they're, yeah. when they're like when they're telling what the song is but <laughs> it's something to do with okay. a boy it's a song to do with a boy what, how you act when when you like a boy okay George is too stunned to speak. <laughs> uh, it's very, um, it's hard to describe yeah. what's going on. Uh, they're dancing, but then like the singer, she's singing about. Wanting mature love. I like it. It's their their dancing is very like. It's not the sort of polished dancing that you normally see, from like, traditional J-pop, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's much more. It has a. They have a sense of like fun. Yes. Yeah. Like they're kind of messing around a bit, but. Yeah, and it's the classic kind of like. If you're if you're not like traditionally cool and beautiful in Japan, woman or man, then you kind of become a caricature of yourself, and that's the yeah. way to become popular. And the song is not bad, you know. No, but, it's a fun song. Why, why why has it become big on TikTok? Uh, I because they they like they like the dance, so they do the little dance when there's the when. So it's people doing the dance. Yeah. From the. From the yeah, and I think they're like underdogs because it's not really J-pop. It's more kind of like a fun pop, and they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And this little dance with the fists in Japan has become very popular now. Huh. Cool. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah. Yes. So uh, that is Atarashi Gako. 
Atashigako Otonablu. Otonablu, yes. Why the first, what's the first take? What does that mean? Uh, the first video? I don't know. The first take. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. I guess. Atarashi. Atarashi Gakko. But yeah, that's it. Nice. Mm. I like it. Thank you for that. Um, so we've done some homework. We've done some culture catch up. We've done some my tube. Yeah. Uh, lots of interesting things this week. Time to wrap ourselves up with some recommendations. I would say, from what I've talked about today, I think people should go away watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Of course, I'm sure you you have done or you're planning to if you want to, and also watch Total Forgiveness, the uh, dropout show that I was talking nice. about. Nice. Very good stuff. I really liked it. What would you recommend people do? Uh, watch. Do the right thing. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Uh, and you know, season four of Never Ever Ever is coming out. Watch all three seasons. Enjoy some high school love. Do that. Yes. Um, I like it. So that will do us for this week. Our our um hundred and fourth episode of the podcast of Culture Bucket. Next week, you can return to us and listen to us discuss our top five favourite Studio Ghibli movies. Yes. Um, we've talked about uh, animated movies in the past and um, animated movies in languages other than English, uh, but we're focusing in now on Studio Ghibli, and it's going to be Alex's time to shine with her expert knowledge <laughs> of Ghibli and everything they do. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be wonderful. So join us for that next week, please, episode 105. And then in the future, we've got really exciting stuff to share with you. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man. We're going to be talking about Batman, Taylor Swift, the Bear Season 2 is coming, so we've got some plans for that. Uh, so keep on listening to Culture Kit and uh, we'll be back with you very shortly. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.